How is everyone? Can you all hear me? Can you hear me online? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. Uh, and welcome, and welcome in person, welcome online. We got people watching on Facebook and YouTube and all those other things. And uh, you are all welcome. I hope you're all comfortable. Because, I don't know. Uh, let's go ahead and put our mission statement up and say it together. We are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. That is what our church is all about. This is what we're about. We're a church on mission. And uh, you know, just as a quick reminder, uh, I know we've been through like eight months of this thing. And uh, you know what I've noticed through it all? I have noticed through the pandemic. Maybe you've noticed it too. But I've noticed that the devil doesn't quarantine. Like, I've noticed that like, the devil doesn't like isolate and let's give everybody a break because, you know, it's a pandemic and we all should be keeping our distance. I've noticed that the devil, just he's just full throttle through the whole thing. And so I would encourage you in your spiritual life, in your prayer life especially, don't, don't like take this season as like, a reason to like spiritually quarantine or spiritually throttle back or spiritually isolate or distance um, because you know what our enemy doesn't and uh, and I don't believe the Lord wants us to either that that we're called to be a church on mission we're always going to be a church on mission whether we have to wear masks to be on mission or whatever we're gonna always be a church on mission and so that's what we're about we're living a passionate mission and we're loving each other, we're loving Jesus, we're growing in Christ, and we're going. We're serving each other, we're serving our community. And so that's what we're all about, uh, in season and out. We are on mission, and so that's what I love about our church. I love about the people of our church. We're still ministering to foster kids. We had foster kids here, and we served them dinner the other night, and we played with them and blessed them, and it was just a wonderful time. Because, you know what, the devil's not taking a break from attacking them as well. They're still experiencing abuse. In fact, many of them even worse over the last eight months than normal. And uh, so we're just going to keep moving forward on mission, right? That's what I love about you guys. And so uh, this morning, though, we're wrapping up our four-part series called Anchored, where we're diving into the practices that hold us steady. And they keep us above water when the storms of life threaten to overtake us. And so I hope you've really enjoyed it. We started off talking about, you know, studying scripture and getting God's word inside of us, how that keeps us anchored, that keeps us in the truth, which we need to be in the truth, in the truth. It feels like more and more truth becomes more of like a commodity, you know, and so we have to make sure we're full of truth, God's truth. And uh, then remember Wendy talked about the power of worship. Wasn't that awesome? If anything, we all got to look at Wendy for 30 minutes while she taught. And that was, that's, that's enough to kind of like fill you up for a little bit. She's, she's awesome. And uh, so she talked about the power of worship, experiencing God's presence. Remember last week, Bethany talked about prayer. Wasn't that awesome? That was so great. I don't know if you saw my email on Thursday that went out, but I just love that Bluetooth 
illustration. I hope you're connected to the right device. So if you're connected to God and, uh, you know, get, get in prayer. And so um, that was awesome. And here's the thing, though. Like, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about kind of where the rubber meets the road and all of this anchored stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to share with you a vulnerable moment. I'm going to share a little bit of honest with you. I'm going to get real. Can I rap with you for a minute? Okay. <laughs> Somebody bring me a chair so I can turn it around backwards and sit down on it. Um, but <laughs> I'm just going to get real. Uh, when I read a passage of the Bible that seems to grab a hold of me, I just, I love it, right? I highlight it. I soap journal it. It, 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 it energizes me, uh, and I love that. And when I feel the presence of God through worship, I, I could just like stay there all day. We, we're just, just wrapped up you know, in God's presence. When I pray, and it seems like heaven's listening, and I'm at the throne of God, I love it. I just love it. And, I, and it's like time all just passes, and I'm like, what happened to the time, right? But when I have an opportunity to serve someone else, I feel tired. Um, I, I just... I'm just overwhelmed, right? I'm just overwhelmed. Just, and the revelation of how busy I am comes upon me. Uh, and I'd love to help, but fill in the blank. All right? Isn't that weird how service works that way? You know, we just love all those other things. And then it's an opportunity to serve. I'm just so overwhelmed. Just so overwhelmed right now. Just, I'm in, just in this season, maybe after this season. Maybe after this issue's cleared up or that problem is over with, then maybe then. And I'll, maybe you've been there before. Maybe I'm the only jerk that feels that way. But uh, that's just, you know, how it goes sometimes. And you've been there, and an opportunity to serve another comes up, and all of a sudden, all your own needs start crying out for your attention. <laughs> right? It's like you're just fine, and then there's this opportunity to serve or give or something like that, and I was like, but I've got this need and that need, and I just need to take care of this issue in my life, and then maybe then, and they start crying out for your attention. Maybe you've even encountered God in worship here on a Sunday morning, enraptured in praise, right? And you drive away from the church, and you pass right by somebody in need because you need to get home and get the house ready for company, or you need to get ready for work, or you've got a project that you're working on, right? And, uh, you know, but here's the thing, like, if we, if we claim to follow Jesus, then we have to follow him into the places that are uncomfortable. Jesus doesn't just lead us into these places of enrapturement, you know. Jesus doesn't just lead us into these pleasant, green pastures. He leads us into places that are uncomfortable. And he leads us to do things and into places that don't meet our, our disc personality, that don't meet our color personality. He leads us into places that don't even fit our Enneagram sometimes, right? What? What? Is that sacrilege to some people, right? Okay? He leads us into places that don't match our introvert-extrovert. He leads us into places that require sacrifice. Jesus leads us into fellowship with his suffering even what so <laughs> vince is back there i suffer every day and uh but yeah <laughs> right yes okay but if if you if you want to know if you're truly anchored 
right? If you want to know if you're really, truly anchored, if all the stuff is really growing you, then it's going to be revealed in your attitude towards others. That is the evidence of whether the prayer and the worship and the study is really having God's way in you. It's going to be shown in your attitude towards others. Wow, okay, so that's a hard pill to swallow. Because don't we all just love to hate everybody else? Don't we all just think people are bastard-covered bastards with bastard filling? Don't, don't we just, you know, have the... It's like every day another introvert is born, you know? And leave me alone, I can't do people, I haven't had my coffee, etc., etc., etc. And we, we've kind of even sort of made this joke about I can't people right now, you know? And, but really, if all of this change is really happening in us, it is revealed in our attitudes towards others, even people we don't like, even people that are different from us, even people who are libertarians or Democrats or Republicans, even people who, uh, you know, whatever their style of life is, even people who, uh, you know, worship differently from us or are part of a different church, a different persuasion, different race, different all those things. If we've really been changed by Christ, it's going to be revealed in our attitude towards others. So, I want to talk about that today. And, and it's so important that we kind of wrap up being anchored with this, because this is really going to be the evidence of how anchored you really are. And so, let's go ahead and uh, let's pray real quick. God, we love you. We praise you. You are glorious, and we just want uh, more of you in us, God, and coming out of us, Lord. We want to be anchored in you. Let your word come alive in us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start off, and I love this passage and this story of Jesus, and I know we've shared it here before, but you know what? After nine years, we're going to repeat some scriptures. So, uh, but I love this story, and I love sharing this story, and it's uh, what Jesus has to say about serving others in John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. And he's sharing his final moments with his disciples before being put to death. And you all know, I've said it before, a lot of times we want our final words to be the most impactful words, right? And so uh, he wants his words to really sink sink deep in their hearts. And so he doesn't just say it, but he illustrates his words uh, by acting them out. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to the Father, right? He knew he was going to be betrayed and crucified. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. He loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. The Father had given him authority over everything. Think about that for one second. Like we could, we could make a sermon right out of that. The Father had given him authority over everything. Meaning, you know what? He, he could have had a much easier crucifixion. He could have had a much, you know, he could have called angels down, right? Oh, that's, that's another sermon and we won't get there, go there right now. But it says, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. 
Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, don't, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday I will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter, uh, Simon Peter exclaimed, I love like Peter's whole like everything, just total like hardcore. I love Simon. He's like one of my favorite people in the Bible. And he says, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Just go ahead and just, Jesus, just give me a bath, right? Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. You know, that's why we serve in church. That's essentially what we're doing is we're washing each, each other's feet, right? We're greeting each other. We're, we're, we're serving in worship. We're serving the children. We're back there washing children's feet, you know? That's what we're doing essentially, okay? Because he says, you ought to wash each other's feet. So that's kind of what we're doing. Aren't you glad that we don't literally wash each other's feet here on Sunday mornings? I think you'd be glad as soon as you saw my feet. And so it says after, okay, uh, <laughs> you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Well, that's awesome. So if you remember one thing this morning, remember this. When the good stuff inside flows outside, Jesus is glorified. Right? When all that stuff that's inside, when you've got the word in you, and you've got the prayer, and you've got worship, when it begins to flow outside in the, the form of service and love for each other, Jesus is glorified. Jesus is glorified. A lot of times, we kind of like, we want to stop at getting the good stuff inside. You know, that stuff that's kind of for us. And we think that Jesus is glorified because we know more of the word. Not really. I don't, that, I don't that might have hurt a few people just now by saying that. We think Jesus is glorified because we had a wonderful time in worship. Eh, maybe. But when we serve others in his name, he's glorified. He's glorified. It, it brings it outside. When the good stuff inside flows outside, Jesus is glorified. And so up until this point of the series, we've been talking about the things that build up the inside. And studying scripture fills us with truth. And encountering God through worship brings encouragement and peace. And prayer builds strength and faith. But serving others in humility is a test to see if all that stuff inside is genuine. If all that stuff inside is genuine, right? If it's real, if it's transformational. And not just a homework assignment, right? done so that you can check the box and say you did it. We all know people who know the Bible really well and are real jerks, right? And who are completely useless in the kingdom because they, 
you know, and I've met them, and, and, and they're, they're, they're abrasive, and it's, you always just feel like they're trying to, like, spiritually one-up you, you know, with their knowledge of the Bible, and, oh, they're just, they're like a drain to be around, you know, but it's, it's not a homework assignment. It's not something just so you can check off. It's not something so you can be puffed up with it. In fact, spiritual, spiritual maturity is not measured by how much of the word and prayer and worship you do. Spiritual maturity is measured, it's, it's measured in how much word and prayer and worship that comes out of you through serving and loving others, right? That's where it's measured. That's where discipleship is measured, in our love for others. If you don't love others, something's wrong right? So what are, what are some of the things that we can learn from Jesus' words here in John chapter 13? First is true service is an act of love. It's an act of love, right? Because if you have God in you, and God, God is love, right? 1 Corinthians 13 gives this wonderful description of, of God, really. We, we call it the love chapter, but it's a beautiful description of God. And if you have God in you, you will love others, all right? It's not spiritual homework. It's Jesus on the inside, coming on the outside. Let him love others through you. Let Jesus love others through you. We all know that love is not a warm feeling, because we tend to confuse that, right? And then, you know what we do? This is an aside. Parenthetically, uh, we think that if we don't have this warm feeling towards someone, then the Holy Spirit's not leading you to love them, right? So if you confuse love with a warm feeling, right, and then we, we can kind of, you know, put the God stamp on it. Well, God really didn't lead me to do that. God didn't really, you know what, <sighs> don't get me started there. But <laughs> you can't confuse love with warm feelings or you will get, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. Let him love others through you. <coughs> Excuse me. We all know that love is not a warm feeling, all right? It's a commitment. It's a commitment to do the work in in the will of the Lord. And so Jesus spent three years living life with these 12 guys. And I'm 100% sure that Jesus didn't have warm feelings towards them the whole time. I mean, when he said things like, how long do I got to be with you people? (laughs) Those are the words of Jesus, right? I'm sure he didn't have warm feeling towards them all the time. They were rough. They were obnoxious. Sometimes they were faithless. All right? But he was committed to loving them, Scripture says, to the very end. Now, I don't know about you, but if I knew that within a few hours I was going to be tortured and beaten and crucified, it might not be my first thought to wash people's feet. I might be a little overwhelmed with what I'm going through right now. I might not be too others-minded in that moment, but that's what Jesus did because he was committed to loving them to the very end. Wow, just even hearing myself say those things is very convicting to me and the way that I love others, all right? And so uh, he was committed to loving them to the very end. True service is an act of love. True love is not a warm feeling. The second thing is this. True service is humble service. It's humble service. Philippians 2, 3 says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Sometimes it's hard to do, especially when you're serving somebody who's, who's lying in, in the bed that they made for themselves, right? They made that bed, let them lie in it. I'm not going to serve them, I'm not going to help them, right? 
A humble servant does not see any task as beneath them. There is no task that's beneath them. I, you know, I've been to churches where the worship team shows up just in time for rehearsal, and then we'll go outside or go in another room and hang out and jib-jab instead of sitting through the message because, you know, they're cool, and then the worship team, and they're going to go back there in the green room, and they're going to hang out, and then they're going to bolt without serving or helping clean up afterwards or do anything like that. And, and somehow, I, I'm not dissing musicians, but uh, somehow among many musicians, there's a, a spirit of, pro- of pride that resides in them where they're kind of too good to do the other things. And um, I'm not saying that about any of our musicians because they're all perfect. But, uh, you know, w- uh, but true service, that spirit isn't in them where, go, where it's like, that's for other people, I'm above that, sort, that kind of service. And so, um, you know, true love and true humble service doesn't see anything, you know, leading worship and cleaning toilets, they're on the same level. They're the same thing. In fact, I think our worship team should start carrying toilet brushes on their belt when they go to to lead lead worship, (laughs) just as a demonstration. So, um, but, you know, a humble servant doesn't see any task as beneath them. And so, you know, Jesus is king of kings. He's lord of lords. He, he like, sneezed the stars into the sky, you know. <laughs> wow, majesty. Like, he's that awesome. And then he got down and he washed feet of a bunch of guys that probably got on his nerves. And so, true service is humble service. And third is true service doesn't get to choose the serve-worthiness of others. Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Ooh, that's a tough one for me. <laughs> Vacuuming the floor is literally beneath you. <laughs> it's a joke, get it? Because it's beneath you. Anyway, uh, and you've been a dad too long, Dan. Um, <laughs> dad jokes coming out of him. It's so true service does not get to choose the serve-worthiness of others. Here's the thing about this. That if you, you read the story, and sometimes when we read scripture, we got to slow down and read it kind of slowly because it's so easy to gloss over certain things. But um, we have to notice here that Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, and he washed Judas' feet. He washed Judas' feet. I don't know about you guys, but if it was me washing feet, I might be kind of like, okay, Peter, all right, John especially, we'll get you really clean. Judas, okay, we'll go. and then we we'll go over here, you know, what up, Judas, you look like your feet are already clean enough, you know, come up with some excuse to just pass over him. He knew that Judas was going to betray him, but he washed his feet too. And so a lot of times we try to reserve our valuable time and energy for those we deem most worthy of it. But sometimes God calls us to help those who can help themselves. Sometimes God calls us to help those who can help themselves. That's weird, and that's hard, and that goes against our cultural norms, doesn't it? Oh, my goodness. We, we live in this culture that hates the rich. You know, rich people are awful, and, and when something bad happens to them, don't we like, they get what they deserve, right? We have this horrible attitude towards people who can help themselves, but that's not love. That's not love. That's picking and choosing. 
You know, that's cherry-picking who we're going to serve. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus did. He's sitting there washing Judah's feet, who had like a satchel full of money on him, you know, that he just got for betraying him. And so uh, we, don't get to, we don't get to choose. Sometimes that's just what love looks like. And we never know how God uses our humble act to move on a person's heart, right? We don't, you know, we don't get to see all that God does through our service. And so I know that, you know, some of the impact that I've had on my life were people who served me when I was a teenager in church. And they'll, they'll never know. They will never know the impact that they had on me unless I write them a letter or, you know, go out and seek them out and find them and tell them. They won't know till we get to heaven the impact that they had on me. And I was just a snarky kid who didn't say thanks a lot, who just cut up and everything was a joke and just whatever. You know, I'm sure that there were many youth leaders that had to put up with me that went home thinking that they're wasting their time, right? One day they'll know. One day they'll know. And so following Jesus' example is more important than the judgments we make about people we're serving. I'm going to say that again. And I'm going to say it slowly. Following Jesus' example is more important than the judgments we make about the people we're serving. So important. So important that we follow example. And then the last thing is this. Blessings follow humble service. I, th I think that's an important thing to understand. Blessings follow humble service. It's okay to ask God to bless you for serving others, right? Because Jesus said that he would bless you. Jesus said, he would Jesus said to his disciples, I will bless you for doing this. I will bless you for doing this, right? And it may sound like really holy and really righteous to sacrifice our time and our energy and just go, no, I'm just doing it because it's the right thing. You know what? Serving is my reward. Maybe. But God also wants to bless you. And it's okay to expect a blessing from God. Right? I think a lot of times God wants to bless us and we're kind of like, no, 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 no. Right? And we kind of keep them at bay because we, we want to kind of put, we want to, uh, we want to reward our own religious spirits, you know. We want to reward that, that sense of religion in us, and that's really not what God wants. Blessings follow humble service. Don't deny God when he says he wants to bless you. When God says he wants to bless you in Scripture, don't deny him. Say, okay, all right, God, bless me. I'm expecting a blessing. Those of you who serve in RFK, I hope you're going, God, I can't wait to see your blessing for this. I can't wait. God, God's going to bless me for this. Because you know what? God knows and God created our minds to work with a sense of effort and reward. I mean, that's just, that's the way that, you know, none of you would go to work and slave 40, 50 hours a week and go, you know what? It's my humble act of service. Don't worry about paying me, boss. It's okay. Because what would happen? You'd work for about three days and quit. You, you would just be, not only would you not be able to afford to live, but you wouldn't have that motivation. And so, but when we know that God's going to bless us, it keeps us going long haul. Why do you think I'm still here after nine years? God's going to bless me for this. And he does bless me all the time, and I love it. But 
blessings, knowing that God's going to bless us, keeps us coming back, keeps us going. It keeps us motivated. It keeps us, otherwise, you will lose your energy to serve. It's okay. It's okay to say, God's going to bless me for this. I love it. All right? And so those blessings may come in a lot of different ways. Uh, but, you know, one of, of those blessings is, you know, when we humbly serve others and we become anchored. One of those blessings is just simply becoming anchored and saying, God, you're blessing me. I'm anchored in you. When the storms of life come, I'm going to keep moving forward. And if you let it, it will help you grow a warm heart. Here's the thing that they say, that this is something pastors say amongst each other quite a bit. And it's called developing a warm heart and thick skin. Warm heart and thick skin. So many people serve with a cold heart and thin skin. Right? They don't have a whole lot of love. They're doing it because it's the right thing. And they're easily offended. And then they give up. They have a cold heart and and thin skin. But when we learn to serve out of Christ's love coming out of us, we, we develop a warm heart. We know that a blessing's coming. We know that God loves this person. We know that this person is made in Christ's image. We have a warm heart and we have thick skin. We love deeply and we hold loosely. We love deeply and when the offenses come, when the thanks don't come and all those things won't get all bent out of shape. So I hope that all of you learn to serve with a warm heart and thick skin. You're going to need it. Because if you serve people long enough, you're going to be offended. You're going to be, dare I say, you will be betrayed. If you serve people long enough, you'll be kicked in the pants so many times, you'll have to put a patch back here, right? Just, just, uh, just, or maybe just start wearing those hip and butt guards that bicyclists wear. Because you, you will be, uh, uh, you'll be hurt. And you have to have a warm heart and thick skin. And that's how God wants you. That's part of being anchored is having a warm heart and thick skin. And so, but you have to let it put that in you. Here's the thing. We are never more like Jesus than when we are humbly serving others. You know what? When you pray, you're, you're kind of being like Jesus. Jesus prayed. That was a value to him. He prayed all the time. In fact, he taught his disciples how to pray. That was a value. We should all be praying. We're kind of like Jesus. When we worship, we're kind of like Jesus. But when we are humbly serving others, there is never a time in our lives when we are more like Jesus than when we are humbly serving others. Uh, in fact, a uh, classic book by Charles Swindoll, Improving Your Serve. If, you ever, if you're looking for you know, a resource on that or you want to read more on serving, Improving Your Serve by Charles Swindoll is like uh, classic, classic, you know, the, the standard on that subject. But I want to do this. I want to close this morning and... Uh, the worship team, if you guys want to come back now, that's fine. But um, I just want to uh, ask you a couple questions. And so this is that moment where we get, to, we get to sort of humbly take a little bit of evaluation, humbly take a little self-inventory. And I just want to ask you uh, three questions. The first is this. And I'll even just kind of give you a few seconds to think about it and answer. But the first question is this. What opportunities to lovingly help another have I deliberately passed by recently? What opportunity came up and I just deliberately passed it by? Maybe, maybe I didn't really have a reason, but I convinced myself that I did. Right? But 
what opportunities to lovingly help others have I deliberately passed by recently? The second is this. Where have I served with an unloving heart? Where have I served with an unloving heart? Maybe I was serving resentfully, serving just because it was the right thing to do. But where have I served with an unloving heart? And you know, we can usually tell because we, we, we have a sense almost of resentment, of resistance towards serving, right? And lastly, what opportunities are in front of me where I can let the good stuff that's inside flow outside? Where's an opportunity in front of me? And this could just be blessing our neighbor, blessing our family. You know, this doesn't just apply to the context of serving in church or RFK or whatever. This is life, you know. And so what opportunities to lovingly help another have I deliberately passed by? Where have I served with an unloving heart? And what opportunities are in front of me where I can let the good stuff that's inside flow outside? Yeah. So let's pray. Why don't you all stand with me? And uh, we're going to let the worship team take over. But I want to encourage you today, if you need prayer, uh, we've got our, I, I, I think Linda's back here. I just saw Linda. I just saw her get up to go back to, to pray with people. And, and uh, she slipped away. Maybe she's praying with somebody around the corner. But uh, if you need prayer today, uh, see our prayer team. They would love to pray for you for any reason at all. But let's go ahead and, and uh, pray. God, we love you and we praise you. And we want to love you with our hands and our feet. We want to love you with all that's in us. God, we want to let all the stuff that you pour into us through prayer and worship and studying of your word, we want that stuff to come out, God, by loving and serving others so that you will be glorified, so that you will be glorified, God. We want you to be glorified. God, we know that the enemy doesn't take a break from just robbing and killing and destroying. So we don't want to take a break from serving others. Give us your heart, give us your eyes to see, give us your ears to hear. Anchor us in you, God. And you will be glorified and we'll be blessed. Thank you, God. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.